So, any questions tonight? See. Si. Um, so, I grew up in a very like progressive Christian church, and they talked about Christ consciousness, which mm-hmm. is not something that most Christians talk about. And I kind of assumed maybe they got that whole concept from Krishna consciousness. Mm. Um, but to be honest, like Krishna consciousness is something that I don't really know anything. Like, mm-hmm. Could you talk about what? What Krishna consciousness is. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, actually, uh, um, there have been um, persons who who think that, who have thought. I don't know if they do today that that um, the uh, that Hinduism is borrowed from Christianity, and Hindus came back and said Christianity is borrowed from Hindus. They're probably both independent uh, traditions, um, and. And um, Krishna consciousness is a phrase that was coined by my Guru Maharaj, and he referred to his um, mission's ideal as Krishna consciousness. And the um, the uh, I think that uh, Christ consciousness, the term, it probably uh, means something like being conscious of Christ and what he was about, something like that. Or maybe to be in the state of consciousness that Christ was in, who said that uh, to be a Christian, well, there weren't Christians at the time, but I think the idea was that to be Christ-like, didn't he say, like, leave everything and follow me and things like that. So to be like him, which some Christians say is impossible, but um, I think it's possible. Um, so I think that's the idea of Christ consciousness, to be conscious of Christ or to be in whatever the consciousness of Christ is oneself, which um, obviously to some extent he is said to have exemplified and played out in the, um, in the natural world, in the physical, physical form and so forth. So now the term Krishna consciousness... Um, it technically, as I say, my guru Maharaj kind of coined the phrase. It's and, and he drew it from a verse uh, that's a famous verse. Um, I say it's famous, but I I don't know if the author is well known. Krishna bhakti rasa bhavitamati kriyati apikuto piladbite tatrilolyam apimolyam ekalam janmakoti sukutibir nalabdite. This is the verse. It's found in a collection of verses. Com- compiled by Rupa Goswami. Mm. Some of them have unknown authors, but he compiled them together and classified them under different, uh, or placed them under different classifications or headings and so forth. So, um, this is a verse uh, uh, that uh, speaks about the ideal of the Gaudiya lineage. Krishna Bhakti Rasa Babitamati Kriyatam Apikutopilabdite Tatralolam Apimolya Mekalam Janmakoti Sukutibiyadalabdite It says that uh, it speaks about the ideal, I want to say, but it speaks about it in terms of also of the of the method. And of course the, the way the journey and the destination here are the same. Hmm? The only difference between them is like the difference between a ripe mango and an unripe mango. Both are mangoes. Some are green and gradually they turn red and yellow and orange and are sweet and so forth. Hmm? Mature. So the journey, the path is the way. So what you practice determines your perfection. Hmm? That's why it's important, I believe, that if we are going to speak with any teacher or hear from any teacher, a good question, if we're unfamiliar, is to ask, what is the sadhana and what is the sadhya? Or what is the means, the way that you're teaching, and what is the goal? Hmm? Hmm? And so, uh, in bhakti, bhakti is the way and bhakti is the goal also. Hmm? And um, that is interesting because it says that the 
goal which is spiritual can only be attained by a spiritual methodology. Hmm? So Bhakti then in this sense is descending, hmm? makes herself available to us at her own discretion, um, appearing in the hearts of sadhus, causing compassion to rise up within them, and they, to the best of their efforts, try to distribute that, hmm? what they're feeling and the compassion they're feeling for others who are bereft of, of that hmm? in human form, which gives them the opportunity and, and so forth. So, um, I think it's an important point that the that the uh, that, that the means to attain a spiritual goal, it's arguably needs to be a spiritual means. By material means, how can we achieve a spiritual goal? So, it's entirely the the path. Therefore, bhakti is entirely otherworldly in a sense. Its origins and and once we are on it, if you will, in any capacity. We are, to some extent, in the world, but not of it. We're a little different. Hmm? We're not a liberated soul. We're not entirely just materially lost. We're, we're found. <laughs> and, uh, and in the context of having been found, we are the processes to find ourselves and our prospect and pursue it and so forth. Um, let me give you another um, way to think about it. Um, knowledge is said in the Gita to be of the nature of sattva. So the Gita describes matter hmm? and in different ways. And one of the ways in which it describes matter is that it has three um, kind of modes of expression. We call them the gunas. Literally, guna means quality and it also means ropes rope. Mm. So they're binding. And um, these uh, ways in which the maya shakti, the the material uh, influence, manifests is is threefold. Sattva, rajas, tamas. And we see it like everywhere in people's psyche and their mentality and in their physical physicality. Uh, we see it on the road when we see, I'll give you an example, you see a billboard that says, um, go to the bar and watch the dancing girls in here, you know. So that is like tamaguna. Hmm? We see another one that says, um, get a better house and get a better job and um, and become materially Success. successful uh, rajaguna. This is about material improvement, which is somewhat of an oxymoron. Um, so, and then we see another one that says, temple over here, <laughs> ashram over here, yoga over here, something like that. This is sattvaguna. So tamaguna uh, appearing in the psyche, then naturally manifesting in the film's in, in the physique and so forth, it has certain qualities of inertia and um, uh, lethargy and maybe prone to intoxication and dreaming that never can manifest. You know, he's dreaming, I'm going to be this, that, and it's just never going to happen. So this kind of thing. And then Rajaguna's influence is to, is to make something out of yourself and, and so forth. And Sattvaguna is about virtue for its own cause. Even if there's material loss that comes from that, I stick with virtue, something like that. So the idea is that we find ourselves materially wanting to be, some people want to be virtuous, some people want to be um, secure, some people want to be um, lazy, something like that. (laughs) Um, um, In another sense, it is said that ignorance is bliss. So some people want to be pleasured. Hmm? And just, so like, for example, you take intoxication, you just want to be pleasured, get the feeling, and it's ignorance. Hmm? So we want to be pleasured. That is a material influence we call tamaguna. 
We want to be, as I say, secure, hmm? um, fortified, uh, better bank balance, a fence around our house, and so forth. Um, so, uh, so this is Rajaguna. And Sattvaguna, as I said, we want to be virtuous. So we want to be pleasured, we want to be secure, and we want to be um, sometimes virtuous. Hmm? Now, so these are the material influences. Now, they have some correspondence with the nature of our actual self, which is not material, hmm? which is a unit of ananda. So instead of wanting to be pleasured, we were to learn that we're a unit of pleasure hmm? and love. Ananda means hmm? joy, love, pleasure. It's of a different quality, obviously, than material life. In relation to material life, we want to be pleasured. The fact of the matter is, stop trying to want to be pleasured. You are a unit of pleasure. Hmm? And we want to be secure, so we acquire things and so forth. But the fact is that not only we are Ananda, but we are what? Uh, I guess, Chit. <laughs> sat, Sat, and Chit. We're also Chit. Sat means, we, we, as I said the other night, we don't transform, we're eternal. Hmm? Uh, you can't die, and and then we want to be virtuous. So virtue is kind of corresponds with with knowledge, just like knowledge for knowing. Hmm? The book should be published because it has knowledge in it, not because it will sell, hmm? but because it's so virtue, uh, knowledge. So so these influences of the of the material nature. They are kind of distorted, if you will, expressions of what we're actually about. Hmm? We are a unit of sat, chit, ananda. We are a unit. We don't need to be pleasured. We are a unit of joy. Hmm? We don't need to be secure, attain security. We can never die. Nainam chindanti... What is it? Nainam chindan shastrani nainam dahati pavaka. The Gita says, and the Atma, it cannot be cut by a sword, it cannot be burnt by fire, it cannot be withered, blown away by the wind, hmm? uh, and the wind of different ideas, uh, <laughs> the material, and it can, and so many things. It's it's sat. Hmm? It cannot be transformed. It's secure. We want to be secure. You are secure. Stop trying to be secure. Hmm? Acquire security, you're a unit of security, and chit, and so, and chit. so sometimes we want to be virtuous, hmm? but you are a unit of virtue, hmm? unit of, of of knowing, luminosity. Hmm? So that said, we are a small unit of these things. So chit, ananda. Hmm? We have the material nature is asat, achit. Nirananda. So when we are identified, which is the opposite of these things, so when we are identified with it, we're looking for sat, chit, ananda. But there is nirananda, there's asat, and achit. There's no real joy. The joy is pleasuring yourself, which is ignorance, which is the cause of suffering, ultimately. Hmm? Uh, attachment brings suffering and so forth. The attempts to be secure materially are all met with failure, ultimately, right? The very thing that you're trying to protect, your sense of self, it's it's going to pass. That's undeniable. There's nothing you can do about that. Hmm? Um, the rate of death is, you know what the death rate is, what percent? Now, today? I mean, in today's world. <laughs> it's 100% still. <laughs> Nothing's changed there for, since the beginning of time, if there was a beginning. So, so, uh, so, you cannot, so the attempt to be pleasured in relation to matter or love, hmm? if Ananda is love to love matter, it can't reciprocate. What kind of, so how much love will you get out of, out of things? They cannot reciprocate. Hmm? We attach ourselves to them. Hmm? We call them ours. We try to bring them to life and so forth, but they fail us. Hmm? Hmm? So our attempts to be pleasured, our attempts to be secure, and our attempts to be virtuous also 
only go so far, hmm? if at all. And, in fact, we are a unit of virtue, we are a unit of um, se- secure units, and we are lovable and full of uh, joy by nature. So that is our self. And so I'm describing the correspondence between the material influence and the self. And now we go to another side, and that is there's the self we call the jiva, hmm? jiva shakti, tatasta shakti, sometimes the word is used. Tata means the beach. Well, here we are in Guanacaste, we can go to the beach, right? So if you go to the beach, when you go to the beach next time, then I ask you, you go to the beach and I want you to put your finger on the spot that between the sand and the water. You know where the sand meets the water? You put your finger on that spot. Hmm? Will it be wet? Will it be dry? Will it be both? Will it be neat? This is kind of Zen, right? <laughs> <laughs> like you put your finger on the demarking. So this is tata, tata. Hmm? It means there's a there's the, there, this small atma, hmm? unit of consciousness, ourself, that we're either operative on the land or operative on the water. The land is like, say, the 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 the, the Maya Shakti, hmm? in our example tonight, and we could do it the other way. But the water is like the Swarup Shakti. So we have a third Shakti now. We have Maya Shakti, the influence of material nature. We have the Jiva Shakti, also called Tata, Tatasta, hmm? and now we have another one called. Swarup Shakti. Hmm. This means, this is the, the force, if you will, force, that governs Leela. Hmm. Leela means the play of God deep within the meditative, subjective world. Hmm. It looks like the movement in this world where we try to be pleasured, try to get security in appearance, if we, but it's very different. Hmm. Our movement in this world is is full of attachment, and um, it's out of necessity. We move because we've we've taken from the environment. So karmically, we owe. So we are obliged. We're driven by our karma to move. We can't sit still. Hmm? Mm-hmm. If you can remove the karma, huh, then you could sit still and be peaceful. Hmm? But if you're influenced by bhakti, then there's more to the freedom from the karmic struggle than peace. Peace is freedom from the karmic struggle. But peace in itself does not equal love. Peace is part of love. If you have peace, you don't necessarily have love. If you have love, you have peace and you have war. (laughs) But they're both okay. That's an interesting point. But... So, so there's the karmic movement problem. Then there's the stillness of ending the karma, uh, the peace. And then there is the movement that love constitutes, hmm? the play of love. Hmm? This is what we call lila. So the movement of lila on the surface looks like karma, but it's very different. Hmm? It has peace inside of it. Hmm? And the movement in this world there's, there's no peace. There's no peace because the movement is under the influence of the mind and los sentidos, and they don't ever let up. Hmm? Your mind is always thinking, 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 thinking. What are you doing next? I did this, and I did that. And then making this plan, and then that plan. What happened? It's just moving, moving. It's very uh, tyrannical and uh, oppressive. Hmm? That's why yoga is for making the mind stop, stop. How do you make the mind stop? You have to change the heart. Hmm? Hmm? Because if the, the movement is in the heart, where what's that? What's that mean? Deseros, 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 deseros. Okay, deseros in el corazón. Hmm? Because of this, the mind cannot be peaceful. So mind is working. And 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 the, and the desires are fueling 
de la gasoline for the motor de la mente round and round going 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 hmm? so we were busy no peace no peace hmm? and, then, and we're going fast and then there are karmic police also <laughs> yes, okay, now, change cars change cars hmm? yes, change bodies change so, change so meditation is for peace then hmm? we come to peace but what about love hmm? So love requires some movement, but that's a different kind of movement. Hmm? Hmm? In love, the two become one and remain two at the same time. It's very mystical. Hmm? So Leela, the Leela of Krishna, for example, this is the movement of love in the Absolute. Hmm? And there's a corresponding type of love within ourself, in a, in a sense, because we are a unit of Ananda. Hmm? Hmm? And this love that the Leela is constituted of, well, it, 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 it is enduring hmm? and it is, it is noetic. Noetic means it's like, it's a noetic bliss, a kind of knowing. Hmm? A, a, a bliss that, that affords a kind of knowing that, that, that love, just to use a material example, when you love, you know what to do. Hmm? I'm just giving a material example, but you love automatically. Mother knows what to do for the child. Hmm? Boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, they, they know it. In love, in its height, you, it's, there's automatic movement. There's no extra knowledge needed. There's, you can look and everything has been said in a glance. Hmm? So, the, the ananda, the love, of the absolute is it's noetic there's a knowing there and it's enduring hmm? so it's also chit it's also sat hmm? therefore it's wise love hmm? the sat the chit that is part and part of parcel of peace hmm? is also present in the ananda which is love and love again requires movement you cannot just sit still in love <laughs> you have to move and it has it goes like this like a I saw one in my in my cottage today a little snake how you say snake? culebra but it's a, it means go like this so love goes like this she loves me she loves me not she loves me does she love me? So Krishna is always wondering, does Radha love me? Hmm? Radha is wondering, does Krishna love me? This is Leela. Hmm? Sometimes, ah, oh, he loves me. Sometimes, if he loves me, why is he with that gopi? Hmm? This kind of thinking. So it's all play. Hmm? Divine play. So, bhakti is for bhakti rasa. Hmm? For attaining that, entering that Leela. And, then, and, and just like we have an identity by, by our identification and attachment with the Maya Shakti, when we search for security to be pleasured and to be virtuous and so forth, we have an identity that's doing that. The identity is, is, is somewhat of a, um, a nurture. So we have a nature, and then there's a nurture component to our identity. We are a unit of Satchitananda, as I said, but if we are associated with the Maya Shakti, there's a nurture from the environment. Hmm? It gives rise to a certain type of personality, hmm? a karmic personality. Hmm? And that personality is in search of being pleasured, in search of virtue, in search of security, and so on and so forth. On the other side, if we associate with the bhakti and the force that governs the lila, which is bhakti, then we develop a personality hmm, for the lila. The difference between the two is we can't fully integrate with the material personality because it's made out of matter. And we're chit, and it's achit. Hmm? But the personality on the bhakti side is made out of chit also. So it's a good fit for us. Hmm? Hmm? So the goal of bhakti then, is to enter into that lila, 
सो कृष्ण भक्ति रस बबीतामति क्रियतम अपि कुतोपिलब्धिते तत्त्वलोलम अपि मोलमेकलम जन्म कोटि सुपितिपीरनलब्धिते सो भक्ति दिस वर्स स्पीक्स अबाउट भक्ति इज द वे टू अटेन भक्ति एंड इट्स स्पीकिंग अबाउट अ पर्टिकुलर काइंड ऑफ भक्ति द काइंड ऑफ भक्ति वी फाइंड इन कृष्ण लीला सो आई एम सेइंग दैट देयर इज अ स्पिरिचुअल दिस भक्ति कम्स फ्रॉम दैट साइड इट्स द फोर्स that governs the leela it manifests in this world in the heart of sadhus and makes itself available so there's two forces in this world the force of karma and the force of bhakti and if we're lucky we come in touch with the force of bhakti the influence of bhakti and then our life will be changed sadhu sanga sadhu sanga sarva shastrikoy lava matre sadhu sange sarva siddhi hoy it said for a fraction of a second even lava matra If we come in touch with the, with 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 the sadhu who has bhakti, they will change the course of our life. Somewhere in our lives, somehow it happened. We may have been a cow and given milk to a sadhu hmm, who offered it to Krishna, and now bhakti began. Something like that. Hmm? It's possible. Hmm? So this is the beginning. Hmm? So that bhakti is not part of this world. It's not part of the land. it's from the water from the ocean in our example there's the land there's the ocean hmm? Hmm. how different is the ocean from the land <laughs> so different you walk on the land and suddenly you step in the water and you go down hmm? what can you do with land what can you do with water so different hmm? so this maya shakti and this bhakti shakti swarup shakti they are very different influences hmm? we will do better in the water hmm? because we are chit also not achit like maya shakti so my point is that if we want to attain bhakti we require bhakti if we want to attain a spiritual situation we need a spiritual method i said earlier that gyan or knowledge in the gita is said to be of the nature of sattva sattva is one of the influences in this world virtuous publishing for its own sake right because it should be published this used to be what it was like years ago before they had self computing you know self publishing and so forth to get published was such a big thing because it wasn't so much of a of a commercial industry as it as it was a a educating industry hmm So in the Gita Krishna says knowledge is actually of the nature of sattva virtuous but now remember this sattva is a material influence it's the best material influence hmm? it's the high end of the material world who was under the influence of sattva is peaceful hmm? ultimately that person has some ability to discriminate between consciousness and matter Hmm? has some clarity a vision and so forth um so it's kind of a it's kind of like a lifting off it's like we're all living in the world and then sattva's at the airport or something so you go to the airport and you don't live at the airport you're there to to take off that's why you go there mm-hmm. so you enter into sattva to go beyond hmm because it gives you some idea hmm under the influence of sattva we we find we cannot be satisfied with the idea of living in a world in relating to things that don't endure we want enduring happiness and everything nothing endures everything is here today and gone tomorrow so we can't be satisfied under the influence of sattva hmm? still sattva is a material influence therefore my point is that sattva or knowledge alone being a material influence however high it is arguably cannot result in a spiritual end material means cannot afford us a spiritual experience it's false currency hmm? Hmm? there's no you know money in the, in the reserve to support the you know the notes they're false um so therefore our methodology krishna consciousness 
is fully spiritual. The method is spiritual, and the path is spiritual. Now you might want to list, want want to, want to think about that in terms of what's out there, what people offer as um, as as means to an end. Are the means where are they, where they derive from? There are paths of Vedanta that are about knowledge is the way. Hmm? It's it's questionable, hmm? and of course there's knowledge inside of bhakti, as we said earlier. So. This verse speaks about the method to attain and what is attainable. Bhakti rasa is the goal and then the method to attain it. It says something about it. It says, Bhakti, uh, Krishna Bhakti rasa, the goal, Bhavitamati kriyatam apikutopila viteta tralalim apimolya mekalam. It says, in order to attain this Krishna consciousness, what kind of Krishna consciousness is talking about the, the kind that Prabhupada coined the, the phrase after, it can be understood by these two words, Krishna Bhakti Rasa. Hmm? But there's different kinds of Krishna Bhakti Rasa. Hmm? There's Krishna Bhakti Rasa, for example, in Dwaraka, in Mathura. Hmm? This is Vaidhi Bhakti Krishna Rasa. <laughs> hmm? Um, so that means majestic love of Krishna. In Krishna's Leela, he has three principal areas, uh, hangouts. He, he hangs out in Vrindavan, that's where he really hangs out, in the, in the village, in the forest. And then there's Mathura, which is a metropolitan area. Hmm? Mm-hmm. And then there's Dwarka, which is a fortified um, Kind of city on the uh, on the coast with five star hotel type you know accommodations. Uh, it's, it's said to be you know blessed by the gods who wanted to give some service to Krishna. So it's a fantastic description of Dwaraka in the uh, in the Puranas and so forth. So in these abodes in Dwaraka, Krishna is said to be perfect. In Mathura, he's more perfect. And in Vrindavan, he's most perfect. Hmm? Uh, and we move from Dwarka to Mathura to Vrindavan from majesty to intimacy. So love of God with reverence and the knowing Krishna is God. Hmm? Sometimes in Dwarka, for example, he manifests four arms. So, you know, he's God. Hmm? He's got four arms. Hmm? Sometimes when we were young, and my sister would pull on my mother's apron. I want this. I would, she said, "What do you think? I have four arms." <laughs> okay, I'm not God. She didn't say that, but <laughs> God has four arms. Means he can do what we cannot do. Hmm. So in Dwarka, sometimes he shows four arms. So there's majestic love, hmm? and mature also. But in Vrindavan, he cannot do that. Next to Radha, he cannot do that. <laughs> hmm? When they rendezvous at night, hmm, in the springtime, hmm, and Krishna disappeared, hmm, and Radha, uh, he, and Radha came upon him, he tried to hide himself by showing four arms, but he couldn't do it. Hmm? So he is the object of her love, so he is... What's in her heart, he is that manifesting outside. Hmm? So her complete love, Mahabhav, in intimacy, hmm, is the correspond with the full face of the Godhead, is the idea of Krishna. And there he is, very human-like and very fallible, it would seem, hmm? and therefore accessible hmm? um, uh, for love in intimacy. So Krishna Bhakti Rasa, it could mean any of these, but the fact that it refers to Radha's love for Krishna and the Vrindavan village forest love for Krishna hmm, is um, understood by the latter part of the verse, which, sa- which says, Kriyatam apikutopi labdite tatralolyam apimolyam ekalam. Molyam ekalam api said, in order to attain this Krishna Bhakti Rasa, there's only one way. No. Molya, uh, l- 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 
Tetralolium Ekalam. Ekalam means one. Hmm? What is the way? Lolium. Lolium. And Janma Koti Sukriti Pirnalabdite. It says it millions, Janma Koti, millions of births of pious activity, hmm? good karma, hmm? or acquiring knowledge, hmm? and so forth, is, is counterfeit uh, currency. It has no purchasing power there for this Krishna Bhakti Rasa. This kind of Bhakti Rasa cannot be attained even by majestic love of God. Hmm? A certain kind of bhakti, which is spiritual, but even by that, it cannot be attained. Janmakoti sukriti bhe nalabhyate. Sukriti means piety, hmm? but it can also mean a certain kind of bhakti piety, hmm? Hmm? which will qualify us for bhakti. Give us shraddha. But to attain this Krishna bhakti rasa, we need more than that. Tatulolam apimolam ekalam. It means we need. It's it's it. it the way is shraddha, shadhamai, lolam. Faith, which you have to do, have to do anything. Faith is the animating principle. If you don't have faith in something, you can't go forward. So, if you're suspicious, you will be suspended. To some extent, if you have faith, move. Hmm? Whatever. You, if I have faith, I pay this. I will get that. I'll give you the money. If I have a doubt, then hold on. What's going on here? Hmm? Will he give the goods? Are you who you say you are? So, so suspicion it causes suspension. The animate world, the the world of animation, the Gita says, Shraddhaayam purushaha. A person is their faith. Hmm? So there are different kinds of faith, sattva faith, rajas faith, tamas faith, and nirgun faith, spiritual faith. Hmm? So when this faith is spiritual, derived from sadhu sangha, hmm? and a certain kind of sadhu sangha, who is familiar, who is interested in this, this particular kind of Krishna bhakti rasa, then that kind of sadhu has a kind of uh, eagerness hmm, for this. He's driven, she's driven by taste. Not so much by thought, but by taste. You may explain about it, how to think about it, but by taste. And, um, and, and when this comes in us, it, the verse is basically saying the eagerness to have this, the greed, loya means greed. <laughs> it's a funny word to use, but it's a good word in one sense. The greed to have it, you can have it. Hmm? But the greed to have it means, well, you're really not greedy for anything else. It's kind of a really intense spiritual greed. And greed's a good word because in Krishna Leela, greed is, is embarrassing, of course. If you're greedy, then it's, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, if there's ten pieces of pizza, we pass it, there's one left. Who wants it? Everybody wants it, but nobody wants to say, I want it. <laughs> because, you know, then I'll appear greedy and it's unbecoming. Hmm? So the measure of the love for Krishna in Vrindavan is greedy. Hmm? It's embarrassing. Hmm? In Vaikuntha, they hear about that. They say, what? You deal with Krishna like that? Huh, it's unbecoming. He's God. And you're wrestling with him and pinning him to the ground? And gopis are saying, get out of here, get out of here. Hmm? It's embarrassing. If you think Krishna is God, how can you act with him like that? Hmm? Who are those people? Those are the people that are greedy for Krishna. <laughs> and then he likes it. So they have intimacy with him. Hmm? And then he can completely be himself. Hmm? He can be one with their hearts and so forth. So... This verse is speaking about Raganuga Bhakti. Hmm? Raganuga Bhakti means the Bhakti that follows after the Rag people. The people who, Rag means attachment. Attachment is unbecoming. Right? I'm attached to something, it's unbecoming. But this is attachment for Krishna. Hmm? Yeah. Properly understood, it's very becoming. It's very, very attractive, very beautiful, very charming. Hmm? And so we 
follow those people. And that is called Krishna consciousness. That's where he got the term hmm, from this verse. So it's a very, if you, so, you know, people say, well, Prabhupada didn't teach about Raghunanda, but the whole word Krishna consciousness yeah. comes from the verse about Raghunanda Bhakti. And this is what his movement was about. Hmm? To follow this method and attain this particular ideal. Now, that said, which is a mouthful to be sure, um, Krishna consciousness also is the name that Krishna, in pursuit of this ideal himself, the love of Radha, that is Krishna consciousness. That's what I'm saying. That kind of love. Hmm? The love of Vrindavan. That love of Radha, Krishna himself wanted to taste. Hmm? Krishna wanted to be in that position. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's name is Krishna Chaitanya. And the word Chaitanya means consciousness. Uh And Krishna means Krishna. So Krishna consciousness is his name. Hmm? And Krishna consciousness means that this is Krishna. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna and he's pursuing consciousness of Krishna. Now, how can Krishna be pursuing consciousness of Krishna? Krishna is Krishna. How can... Because there is something in Krishna hmm, that he doesn't know about. Hmm. He sees Radha's love for him and he thinks, that's weird. I know, I, I, I've never seen any love like that before. I am Rasaraj, means I am a connoisseur of love, the king of love, and I see a love in her that exceeds anything that I've experienced. This is bringing a doubt in Krishna about his an existential crisis. Who am I? I thought I was the, the king of love, but I find someone here who has a love that exceeds as more than anything I have experienced. So am I the king of love? What is my position? See, Krishna is very vulnerable at this time. So he's very smart, Krishna. So he thinks about it, and he thinks, what is it that makes her like that? And then he realizes, oh, it's something in me that makes her like that. So it is me. I am the, I am the, the king of love, and there's something in me that she sees that makes her like that. But I can't see that. So, in order to fully experience myself, I have to look at myself from her vantage point. Hmm? So, I'm okay. I am God. I thought I was God. All the scriptures say that. There's no comp- competitor, right? but her love is, 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 is competing in a way. But I realize now, he says, that, oh, but her love is derived from something inside of me. Hmm? that she's drawing out. What is her position that she can draw that out of me? And it's making her the way she is that uh, is very extraordinary. So I want to try to try to do a, a uh, well, a change. I want to make a change. And I want to ch- take her position. Hmm? When he starts to think like this, then her, he starts, Krishna's sham, dark color. It's the color of romantic love, sham. And her color is golden. It was the color of Mahabhav, the highest love. Mm, so his complexion starts to change colors. Mm. Mm. And he becomes the searcher. Mm. He who is searched after becomes the searcher. Mm. And what is he searching for? Consciousness of Krishna. Krishna consciousness. Radha's consciousness of Krishna. How conscious is Radha of Krishna? Mm. If you want to know Krishna, ask Radha. Hmm? Even Krishna doesn't know things about himself that only she knows. Hmm? So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna consciousness. Hmm? So this is another way in which the term is described. And so it speaks about this very special kind of love of God in intimacy that Radha is is the full face of, the full example of. And so there's a little Radha in every devotee. She is Bhakti Devi. Hmm? But when we get Bhakti, 
we get a little bit of Radha. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Hmm? Something like that. This is she is bhakti personified in the full full measure. Hmm? So therefore we say Jai Radhe, Jai Radhe. Hmm? Does that help? It's a very long answer, complicated, but it, uh, so consciousness of Krishna, Krishna, Radha's, Radha's state of love of God, to be connected with that. She is Vrindavaneshwari, so this place Vrindavan, this place deep in the subjective world. Hmm? It's a very special place. You know, here we have forms and shapes, and we're taught, don't rely on these forms and shapes. They change all the time. You married a nice guy, you, you fell in love with a nice guy, and he turned out to be a monster. Huh. It happens. Hmm? It happens the other way around, too. I found the love of my life, and she turned into a witch. Hmm? Right before my eyes. So things are always, you can't rely on things here. Hmm? Shape shifting. <laughs> it's going on. <laughs> uh, you don't have to go to another planet for that. It's all over the place. Something. So people are changing. Hmm? You can't rely on it. Right? It's here today, and in the manana ya seva. Verdad? So, therefore, go within. Because what is within? That is the observer. What are you observing? All the change. And as I said last night, in order to observe the change, you cannot be part of the change. If you're part of the change and you are transforming, then you cannot observe the change. So the observer is independent of the changing material phenomena and you are the observer. You are constant. You don't change. You don't transform. It means you don't get old. You don't die. You don't take birth. You're the Atma, the Alma. Now, you go within you experience I'm the Atma and you have no need for the forms of this world and so forth. The sun will burn out even. You don't care. Hmm? You're living in eternity. And it's very peaceful. Hmm? Hmm? There's nothing that will disappear there. You're there and you're secure. You're happy with that. You're peaceful. Hmm? When we speak about this plane of consciousness underlying the world, it seems very broad and spacious. And the world of the mind is very small. The physical world is very small. If I tell you, if I, what's your name? Gabriel. Hmm? Gabriel. Gabriel. If I said to you, Gabriel, I would like you to take everything in this room and carry it out of here in one trip. Okay. <laughs> You'd say, I can't do that, Swami. I can't do that. So then if I say to you, okay, I want you to do this. Sit here for a while, as long as you like, and I want you to take everything in this room outside in one trip, but take it in your mind. You think, okay, that's possible. Hmm? What I'm making, saying by example is, the physical world is more restricted. The mental world is more spacious. More things can be done in the mental world. Hmm? If I say... Vaishnavi, I want you to make a million dollars tomorrow. I want to build a temple. Say, well, I don't know if I can do that, Swami. Uh, I say, why don't you make it in your mind? Oh, that I can do. I can think about it overnight. I can make it and we have it all. <laughs> and so things are, there are many possibilities in the mind. It's more spacious, more accommodating, plain of experience hmm? than the physical world. In the mind, you can have a mountain made out of gold. In this world, you could have a little bit of gold and you could have a mountain, but the two are not going <laughs> to come together. Hmm? So this physical plane is more restrictive, less spacious, less accommodating. Hmm? We're always trying to make it bigger. How do we make it bigger? By going to the mental plane. That's how we make it bigger. Hmm? And we imagine how it could stretch, how it could be bigger, how I could break the, the bond, I overcome my physical limitations, I could be more, I could do more. I could. So the mental plane is more spacious, more accommodating. Now above mind is intellect. 
intellect. Because mind says, mm, that sounds good, let's do that. But intellect says, but it might not be good for you. We say, oh, who cares for that? I mean, that's not to be very intelligent. <laughs> so if we follow the intellect, we then, then we come above mind. Hmm? We, we realize, oh, the mind is also small and limited. It's bigger than the physical, but it's smaller hmm? than I am. It's smaller than intellect is. Hmm? Mind can generate thoughts, and intellect can reason about them, make determinations about them, whether they're worth following or not, and so forth. So, above mind is intellect. Hmm? And above the intellect, and categorically different than these planes of matter, gross matter, psychic matter, is the atma, l'alma. Hmm? And so when we go to the plane of the soul, hmm, and we identify with the underlying consciousness, Brahman, how big is that? How big is that? So spacious, so big. Hmm? Just so eternity. It has a very big feeling to it. Hmm? Now, we go from there to Vaikuntha, to, let's say, to love of God in majesty. And suddenly it starts to become small. Mm-hmm. That was so big. Brahman, everywhere. It's everywhere, so there's no movement. If you're everywhere, can you move? Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Hmm? If you know everything, and you can't move either. You already know everything. There's nothing, <laughs> to, nothing to do. So Brahman is like this. So when we identify with Brahman, it's still. You understand? It's so peaceful. It's still. There's no movement. Hmm? It's big, but there's no movement. So after a while, you might think, it's big here. But like, there's nothing to do here. <laughs> so it starts to become small. Hmm. In bhakti, there's there's movement for the atma. Hmm. There's movement. Hmm. Not only have atmananda, the joy of the self, not only brahmananda, the joy of peace and permanent freedom from the struggle, but bhaktiananda. Hmm. It's like if you want to love... It's good if you have another person, right? <laughs> it helps. Hmm? So, just to be alone and liberated, peaceful, hmm? there's not much scope for loving there. So, in comes Narayan. Hmm? God, another person, but he's not a material person, so his form is not here today and gone tomorrow. He's a form made of sat, chit, ananda. It's hard to grasp, but... but it is consciousness, which is such a none that gives form to anything. Like I said, consciousness is given form to this room. We call it a temple. It all comes from consciousness. Hmm? Right? Otherwise, it's just wood and concrete. So, from uh, from Brahman, we go to Vaikuntha. But now there are forms and shapes. It seems like they're getting smaller. But it's actually getting bigger. Because it's more accommodating. Space is accommodating, but love is more accommodating. In fact, if you have love, then arguably you don't need as much space. Right? You could live in a small space if you have someone you love. Hmm? So, when we talk about Vaikuntha, Love of Narayan, Om, with reverence like this, Om, Narayan, Nama, Oh God, like this. Hmm? It's a very special realm. And it has love. So the Ananda of the Jiva now is touched with the Bhakti. So it has Bhakti Ananda. And there's a significant other to love. Now, Vaikuntha, if we go from Vaikuntha to Krishna Lok to Vrindavan. It just became very small. Now, Vaikuntha hmm? is very big compared to Vrindavan. Hmm? 
It's got so many compartments, so many forms of God, so many different possibilities. There's the Christian possibilities there. There's this possibility, that po- So many possibilities, Sufi possibilities, all kinds of possibilities in Vaikuntha. Vrindavan hmm? hmm? is just a small village. Hmm? Krishna has only two hands, some friends, and they're uneducated people. Hmm? Hmm? Simple cow people, tilling of soil. Campesinos. Campesinos. Campesinos? Or they're not peones? Better campesinos. Okay. Campesinos. They live in a camp? Farmers. Farmers. <laughs> 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 so anyway, they're nomadic. They camp. They move from place to place. Wherever the cows go for grass, then they move along with them. Nomadic. Hmm? It means this Vrindavan is small, but it's always moving. Hmm? There's more movement there. In Vaikuntha, there's movement like this. Oh, this kind of movement. In Vaikuntha, in, in Vrindavan, there's all kinds of movement. And it never stops. Krishna stays up all night long. Hmm? It never st- the, the more, the higher you go, the idea is here, to Krishna, the more there is bhakti, the more there is love, the smaller it seems physically, but the bigger it is in terms of being accommodating, loving, friendly, warm. Hmm? Hmm? And the more alive it is. Therefore, as I said, this Krishna Leela, it never rests. Krishna never rests. Bhakti is keeping him awake all the time. He goes to take rest. Mother says, take rest. And then Subal says, come out the window. Go and meet with Radha. Off he goes in the night and make a plan. And there he is all night long. He cannot sleep. So this Bhakti is very alive and full in Vrindavan. It appears small, but it's very, very big. Hmm? So big. Hmm? That all, everything that we talked about already is, is inside that place. Hmm? Yeah? As they say in a Zen, as small as big. Right? So, it is with Vrindavan. It's very wabi-sabi. To use a Japanese term. Wabi-sabi means it's, it appears to, it has an appearance of impermanence and an appearance of like imperfection, hmm? but that is the art of it all. <laughs> it's beautiful. And Krishna appears to be imperfect, hmm? in need. Hmm? He's very wabi-sabi. <laughs> so that is what we want, wabi-sabi. You know, you know, it's another word for Krishna consciousness, to my definition, at any rate. So, so where where God becomes vulnerable. Hmm? Completely captivated by love, by love. Hmm? and and then accessible. Hmm? That is Krishna consciousness. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Want that? Shiman Mahaprabhu, Vijay. <laughs> okay, nice to talk with you. Maharaj, yeah. actually, Christ consciousness is God consciousness because also in Bible say, explain, I am the way to go to God. Yeah. But actually, he advised like to be a guru, master, to teach him how to love mm-hmm. God and God consciousness. So that means teaching sambanda. But it's so difficult to see in in, in Christ consciousness this specific re- uh, relationship with God that you mentioned in the whole mm-hmm. thing. But you. You see some examples, like for example, Santa Teresa de Jesus have like mm-hmm. romantic love, mm-hmm. and but it's not like vivid ex- many ex- um, examples about that. Mm-hmm. You have some idea why um, Christ consciousness is really God consciousness. What is the well, I'm not a Sambanda? Christian, although I was... What is the Sambanda, the relationship? I was born as a Catholic, but um, but I think that, um, you know, there is the example that you cite of um, St. Teresa of Avila, who was, or San Juan de la Cruz, who wanted, who had this kind of romantic idea of 
love of Christ like a bride, to become the bride of Christ and so forth. But to be honest with you, I think it, 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 it speaks more of a method and a meditation than it speaks of an, an ideal. Um, and also, Christ is the guru, the teacher, and the relationship is with the God, the Father that he's teaching. It's that the teaching isn't to become the bride of God the Father. He's probably already God, you know, one, <laughs> or whatever. Um, but but and, and, and our teaching is not to become the bride of the guru. That would be a problem. So our teaching is to become like, the, you know, arguably the bride of Krishna, hmm? who is God the Father, so to speak. So there's a, there's a difference, difference there. And I, I think that... Um, I'll tell you a funny story. There was, in Poland, there was a, a nun, a nun, and she uh, objected to our tradition. You know, after Poland became liberated from Russia and so forth, you know, then the Catholic Church really surged, you know, as it, it used to be the authority there. So it had, you know, has a lot of a lot of influence and so forth. So this uh cult as it would see, would seem of Krishna consciousness she didn't like it and some, I, I don't know the details but anyway she took it to court and she said that this religion should not be allowed in this country because the god of this religion has thousands of wives hmm? thousands of wives it's in their books like this, this Krishna and he's got a thousand and we're promoting and these people here promoting god has thousands of wives I mean polygamy is illegal Hmm? And so we can't have a religion like this. So they, so she took it to court. We wanted it to be like, you know, whatever determined. It's 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 religious status to be um, taken away, stripped of its religious status in the country. So a devotee uh, was on the other side, and he was he took the the, the stand. Or he, he put her on the stand, you know, the, for for uh, questioning, and he said, "So my question to you is that: um, Are you a nun in the Catholic Church? Yes, I am. And um, can you tell me about the uh, the vows of the nuns? Hmm? They have a ring in the Catholic Church. And what's that ring on your finger?" Because they would take a vow to be the bride of Christ, and they would all wear this with their ring finger. They would make a ring, because hmm? when a girl gets married, you know, the lady gets married, then she, the tradition is, in many cultures, that she wears a ring, hmm? on a ring finger. So the, the Catholic nuns would have a ring, it means that they are, I'm the bride of Jesus. So he said, "Can you tell me about the vows?" And she didn't. She was stopped. And he said. Do you not take a vow to become the bride of Jesus? How many and how many how many nuns are there in the world? <laughs> millions of nuns. Your God has mil- your guru has millions of wives. Problem, hmm? like this. So the case was was thrown out, and he defeated them. Hmm? You understand? So, so, um, so, at any rate, I there's some similarities, but I think the the idea is a little different. And I think that overall, Christianity, um, of course it's diverse, but let's take Catholicism, which is kind of the the first Christian church. It posits more of of an idea of majestic love of God, kind of a, uh, what I remember is the goal was the beatific vision, which is like, it speaks of a kind of a passive adoration of God and having this beautiful vision that's full of, I mean, light doesn't describe it, something like that. So our passive adoration in our school is called Shantarasa. Shantarasa. Yeah. So I would think, I mean, it's vague, so you can only speculate, but I mean... Yeah. 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 Something like that. Christ consciousness. That's, that's, Shantarasa is also a form of of a form of Krishna consciousness, a form of a particular form of Krishna consciousness, but it, it does lack the um, full measure of, uh, of intimacy. But I mean, also, you know, you have to look and you see 
how much of the teaching is given out and and there may be more to it that is there when you apply yourself and you realize and experience and so on and so forth so it's hard to comment on the other traditions um, it's hard enough to be an expert on one so Suman Gauranga Mahaprabhu ki jai Nitananda Prabhu ki jai Sushidavji Gopal ki jai Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai Gaur Bhaktivinda ki jai Gaur Premanande